great edition of Strong Style, Impact Media's weekly dive off the top rope course into the world of professional wrestling and mixed martial arts. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York. Welcome in, guys. As always, if you would like to leave a question, comment, suggestion, rate the show, anything like that, you can do that on in the iTunes store. You can do that uh, Podcast One, Spotify, all the fun places you can find podcasts. If there is a place you normally get a podcast that we are not on, let us know. We will gladly find our way on to it. If you want to follow us on Facebook, you can look us up by Impact Media, Strong Style, uh, any of the other shows, Sport Check, That Sport Show, uh, Jeremy York, you will find them that way. If you would like to just see nothing but the show links, you can go to Twitter, at Team Impact Media. We'll find just those. Um, at the Impact 99, also on Twitter and tw- Twitter and TikTok and Instagram, we'll find uh, my uh, personal page where uh, just other fun things I do and interact with, uh, maybe questions, comments, maybe when I let, uh, live follow events, fun things like that. Um, and if you would like to email the show, 3endzone, that's E-N-D-Z-O-N-E, 3endzone, the number 3, 3endzone at gmail.com will get you in touch with us. And I personally reply to all of those places if you drop us a message. Now, there were two big pay-per-views, actually three if you count NXT, in the wrestling world, but we will get to those shortly because we're going to start with fighting. And of course, that would be UFC Fight Night from this past weekend, Cyril Gaon versus Tai Tuivasa. I'm going to talk about the main card, which I believe was the top. I think it was the top six fights. I'll talk top five. Uh, Cyril Gaon versus Tai Tuivasa. We knew going into this We knew going into this that uh, Cyril Gaon is a technician. He uh, is very methodical in the way he fights. He is very skilled in the way he fights. We know that Tai Tuivasa, uh, while he does have a lot of skill, is mostly known for his brawling and his striking. So if Tai could get Cyril Gaon to... uh, join him in the phone booth, so to say, and just hash it out. That was the that was the plan. A little bit of the time he got he got he got gone to do that. This this was a fun, fun fight to watch. Uh, scheduled for five rounds. It made it almost to the end of round three uh, before Cyril Gone was just finding a home for his strikes and his punches, and that home was the chin and face of Tai Tuivasa. He eventually gets the TKO victory over Tuivasa. Uh, great win for Cyril Gaon. I, I don't 
know how he he couldn't be the number one contender. I I I I know he's lost to Ngannou before, but based off everything he's done, I just don't understand why he wouldn't be. And for Ty, uh, he regroups. He may drop a little bit in the rankings, not much, but may drop a little. And uh, he he's going to rebound. He's going to be right back there too. He, his rise to the top was was not a fluke. He, I, I think he has staying power, and he's going to do some big things. And, and in the heavyweight division, man, those guys are slinging, absolutely slinging. Uh, the co-main event was Robert Whitaker versus Marvin Vittori. I think a lot of us were guilty of of uh, the Marvin Vittori train, and there's nothing wrong with that. Vittori is a uh, very good fighter. But at least I was guilty of not giving Robert Whitaker the credit. Not giving him the credit that uh, he is a world-class fighter and potential um, top contender as well. Now, here's the problem with this. I'm pretty sure uh, Adesanya has two wins over both Whitaker and Vittori. So this being the number one versus number two in the division... They're kind of stuck. I mean, what do you do? What do you... What, what, I just... They're going to have to figure out something. But this fight, it seemed like uh, Vittori had a lot going. Every time he got a big, a big swoop of momentum... Whitaker had more than an answer. He not only could could answer it, but he he was just almost doubling up what Vittori was doing. Uh, and Whitaker just methodically fought his fight, and he gets a unanimous decision win. And that's that's what Bob Whitaker does. Just uh, if he gets you to fight his fight, then there's he's gonna win. Uh, third third fight on the card: Nasruddin Imavov versus Joaquin Buckley. Let me just start by saying Buckley is a good fighter. He, he's, a, he's a really good fighter. But what Buckley is most known for is a couple of the best knockouts probably in UFC history that were a year or two ago. He, he's the one that did the spinning uh, kind of, not what a roundhouse kick, but he spun around. Caught, uh, the guy had his foot, and he like spun around and caught him right under the chin and knocked him out. You guys probably remember it. But I don't think he's guilty of dwelling on only that moment and trying to rise to the top with it. I think we've done that. Uh, just constantly said he's he's just that guy. And uh, Nasruddin Imavov was having none of it. He just outskilled him, countered everything he could come up with, and Imavov gets unanimous decision victory in that one. Uh, once again, Buckley is still a great fighter. Imavov is, is an exceptional fighter. Um, Buckley's going to need some, some solid performances to show everybody he's more than just the fluke knockout artist, because he is. But we keep dwelling on that one moment as, as the defining moment of his career. 
as opposed to his last performance, as we do with uh, most of the other ones, most of the other fighters. But uh, good win for Nasser Dean and Buckley back to the drawing board. Uh, fight number four, Alessio de Chirico against Roman Kapalov. Uh, this fight went, had its had its back and forth. They they were both trading big opportunities. What I, I wasn't real familiar with either fighter coming in, so I was uh, curious to see how it would shake out. And then early in the third, Roman remembered he was double parked or or uh, had to be somewhere else because uh, he ends up with the TKO victory over uh, Alicio. This is a good fight. For people that I didn't know, I ended up very invested in it uh, about midway through the second. All of a sudden, I was starting to feel the story between these guys, and uh, uh, it, was a, it was a real good fight, real good fight. Uh, Roman Kapalov moves to 9-2-0, 13-7-0 for Alicio DiCirico. And then uh, fight number five, William Gomez. Took on Yarno Ahrens. Gomez gets a unanimous decision win. Uh, another just quality, good fight. William was able to stay stay on the plus side and just stay on the positive side and fight his fight. And uh, uh, in the end, he, he did more than Yarno did, and judges saw it the same way. And so he gets the victory. Um, other notable things, shout out to Nathaniel Wood for his unanimous decision over Charles Godain. Uh, Abus Magomedov with the 19-second TKO of Dustin Stolfus, who is no slouch. Uh, you know, if you said you knocked me out in 19 seconds, that, that's pretty believable. Dustin Stolfus is a world-class athlete, so uh, Abus Magomedov, uh, great, great moment there. Uh, Nasrat Hopkaris and a unanimous decision win over John uh, McDessey. Uh, Benoit Saint-Denis with the TKO early in the second round over Gabriel Miranda. And uh, Stephanie Egger, who was on the wrong side of the Phantom Armbar a couple weeks ago. Gets a submission win of her own to open the card against uh, uh, Lynn Perez. So uh, shout out to Stephanie for rebounding over that crazy moment and making this one her own. Now the Contender Series is going on as we talk right now. Um, I watch that for fun. I usually don't try to cover it because uh, I never know when I'm going to actually get to the studio here on a Tuesday. But uh, they... Any time I've been able to go back and watch the fights, the Contender Series has been otherworldly. Otherworldly. Uh, definitely try to check it out if you get the opportunity. Now, this weekend, we've got from Las Vegas, Nevada, at the T-Mobile Arena, Home of the Golden Knights. We've got UFC 279, Hamzat Chemaev versus Nathan Diaz.
Chimaev is a minus 1100 at the moment favorite. Plus 700 for Nate, for Nathan. Does Diaz have a chance to win this? Yes. Is it more than a puncher's chance, a lucky punch? Yes. If he, instead of feeling people out the first two rounds of a fight, and then remembering that the third round is the last round of most fights before he really gets into it, um, if, if he can actually get started a little earlier in the fight, he can start bringing it to Chimaev. And that's not something Shemaev will be looking for. So that's that's Nathan Diaz's way into into a win here. Now the now the interesting thing is it all looks like from from about any angle you look at it, they are feeding uh, Nathan Diaz to Shemaev, who is on his way to the top. Diaz is on the last fight of his contract. No matter what, if he doesn't re-up, which is up to him, he doesn't have to re-sign. They can offer him all they want, but if he doesn't re-sign, then he doesn't re-sign. Um, Diaz can very much kind of ruin the moment. Not really ruin the moment, he'd make his own moment. If he not only beats Tremayev, but then walks afterwards. Uh, that disrupts a lot in the welterweight division. That being said, I, I, it's Chimaev. Chimaev should win this. I don't think he's going to do it handily. I think Nathan, Nathan is going to take him to some limits and to some places in a fight that Chimaev has not been to yet. He's going to make him earn it. But uh, in the end, as much as I root for chaos, Chimaev should get the victory here. Diaz is going to look really good on his way out. He started his own, he launched his own fight promotion the other day. Plus, he's probably wanting to box Jake Paul or some other things. So, uh, good for him on that. And uh, it's, it's going to be a good main event. Even if I told you, even if I 100% knew it was going to win, you'd still want to watch it to see how they do it. Uh, Co-main event, Li Jingli. Or Jing, yeah, Jingling is taking on Tony Ferguson. And welterweight battle that both need a win in. Tony needs to. Uh, Tony is actually the dog in this, which is kind of crazy. Um, they both need a win. If not, I can see an exit for the loser from the UFC. Uh, Tony Ferguson is a world class fighter. So is Lee. Tony. all kind of went downhill when there was an injury when he was uh, in the title fight a couple years ago in steps the replacement the replacement just wiped the floor with him I forgot what it was now uh, and it just it's been kind of downhill from there um, if Tony wants to keep fighting then I support him in doing that if he doesn't want to fight anymore or thinks he should do other things I support him in that as well he's a good dude uh, he really needs this fight. He is really going to have to to pick his spots with Lee. Uh, that I'm picking Tony Ferguson, but mostly because I want Tony, Tony Ferguson to win. Uh, hopefully it doesn't cost Lee his job, but uh, I just want to see Tony Ferg back on top at least one time. And maybe regardless of this, he walks away after this. I, I don't know. We've, we've seen enough people do that here recently, but... Uh, I'm taking Tony Ferguson. 
Uh, match number three, Kevin Holland versus Daniel Rodriguez in a catch weight. Kevin Holland is the minus 210 favorite. That is not a bad number. I know I usually give you a lot lower numbers and say don't pick a lot of favorites. Uh, Daniel Rodriguez at a plus 175 is not bad either. Um, I'm taking Kevin Holland, though. I'm taking the favorite in that one. Um, I don't know exactly why it's catch weight. Maybe there was a weight issue and they just decided to do that, or maybe they uh, they just wanted to fight each other, and uh, this was the only way to do it. But uh, I'm taking Kevin Holland in that one. Match number four, Irene Aldana versus Macy uh, Chiesa. Macy has been mowing through the women's bantamweight division, uh, but uh, Irene is actually the favorite in this one. I think it's going to be a good solid fight in the bantamweight. I don't know a lot about Irene. I've seen Macy fight uh, a handful of times. Not knowing much about Irene, I, I got to go with Macy. I think uh, I think Macy is is uh, going to get in there, try to uh, try to get top position, and uh, maybe try to finish her from there. I, I just uh, I feel like that's what she's going to try to do, and uh, we'll see what happens. And then match number five, because a lot of these are going to be ESPN News and ESPN Plus afterwards, which is fun. Match number five, Johnny Walker versus. Keon Kudalaba in the light heavyweight division. Uh, weird thing about Johnny Walker, a couple years ago, I mean, this is just like two or three years ago, he was the darling of the light heavyweight division. He's going to be the guy to end the, John's, the John Jones run. He's going to be the guy, he's going to be the guy, and, and then he ran up on, um, I forgot who it was now, and it didn't go well. And then that started a little bit of a skid. And then he built back up, built back up, just a little while ago, only to go on another skid. And now he finds himself against Kudalaba, who is a nightmare matchup for him. Uh, I would like to see Johnny Walker do some great things. I, I've just, I got to go with Kudalaba in this one. I think he's got more momentum coming in, and uh, I think he's going to have more momentum going out. Uh, but if Johnny wins, hey, even better. Uh, like I said, the rest of the card, majority of it is ESPN News or ESPN Plus. There are some um, some big fights. Jake Collier versus Chris Barnett in the heavyweight division. These two guys are just going to throw hammers at each other. Uh, Norman Dumont versus Danielle Wolf. One is featherweight. Uh, Darian Weeks and Johan Lanis to open up the card. That's on ESPN Plus. Uh, there's three fights on there, and then ESPN News will take some of it, and then the five from the pay-per-view. But uh, it should be a lot of fun. That one should be a lot of fun, and uh, I'm going to try to tune in. 
do have some other media duties that day. It just depends on when I get in. I will try to uh, live tweet or maybe do some other stuff. But uh, that's that's a big card. Nathan Hamzat, Nathan and Hamzat. That's uh, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun for sure. Uh, those of you who asked, the next Bellator is not until the twenty third of September. That's the Dublin show. There's going to be Benson Henderson and Peter Queeley. It's going to be fantastic. And we are still waiting to hear what the uh, PFL final, the PFL championship, where and when that is going to be. My guess is late November into early December, but have not heard anything yet. Now, before we get into any pro wrestling, let's take a few short moments and hear a little bit about our friends from BetOnline.net. Hi, this is Jeremy the Impact York from Strong Style, Board Check, and That Sports Show. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, including this year's opening games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. Bet online, where the game starts. And we are back here on Strong Style. Make sure to visit our friends at betonline.net where they have the articles, they have the podcast, they have... They have, uh, I mean, they do so much work for you that, you know, all you have to do is go in there and make some friendly wagers if you are so inclined to do so. But, as I said, there were a lot of A lot of uh, pay-per-views going on this weekend. And let's start let's start with NXT. That had Worlds Collide. NXT Worlds Collide. This was a fun, fun pay-per-view. Uh, let's start right off the bat. They start... What did they start with? They started... 
There we go. They started with Dewdrop and Nikki Ash versus Toxic Attraction, which is Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. It was good to see Gigi back. You know, she got hurt, and so they had to drop out of the tournament. That uh, the SmackDown Raw, the, the tag team tournament. And uh, this, this was actually a pretty good match. This was a way to really make Toxic Attraction look good by having Nikki and Dewdrop work with them. Uh, and Dewdrop and Nikki actually end up with the win. But uh, this, I mean, you got to do something because Toxic Attraction had uh, taken a hit here recently. So it was good to uh, to see them have such a solid match. And it, it's a good win for Nikki and, and Dewdrop. They, they need a one. They've put everybody over lately. Uh, we got to see J.D. McDonough versus Wes Lee. Wes Lee is a technician anyway. A lot of people are... Say he's known for his high flying. Uh, he is a great technician. Just a, a great technician. And JD McDonough pulled out all the stops in this one. Uh, uses the Saito suplex, which is fantastic. Uh, but Wesley, man, he, when he gets his run, he took a hit because of his partner. But when he gets his run, Wesley is going to be... A big star, I think. He's he's a fantastic performer. But right now, J.D. McDonough has the bigger momentum, and so he ends up with the victory. We get Mako Satomura versus Roxanne Perez. Where uh, this this was just a, a clinic. I mean, they, they did the mat wrestling. There was uh, uh, the... the the shoulder blocks, the uh, the arm work, and, and head scissors, and all the, you know, all the classic stuff. It was uh, the counters every time one would get one in, uh, in, you know, the Gato clutch, and then uh, they'd flip that into the STF, and uh, just the, the dives through the ropes and everything. These two are so good, so good at what they do. Uh, and then finally, we see the Scorpio rising, and Mako Sotomora ends up with the win. That moves us on to Ricochet versus Trick Williams. Now, this is another one. We haven't seen much from Trick. He's usually the outside guy for Carmelo Hayes. We see him attacking people, things like that. Usually doesn't uh, do a lot of in-ring work. He, he did a little bit a little while back with Wesley, and, and I, it was okay. That, the whole boxing stuff, I mean, if that's his background, great, but it was just weird to see the way they did it. But uh, as good as Ricochet is, Trick was staying with him for a lot of this match. I really, really started to like a lot of what Trick was doing. Ultimately, Ricochet gets all the momentum going, and... Uh, And uh, Ricochet ends up with the pinfall victory. Uh, good win for Ricochet. He's another one that just has not had the world's best 
run lately, and so it was good to get a uh, solid clean win for him. Got to see a, a good feature here that was... That was uh, Axiom versus Nathan Frazier in a best-of-three series match. This was the first match. Uh, the, these two were like two rabbit squirrels in a bucket. It was just, just nonstop action all over the place. A lot of close calls. Finally, Axiom uh, wins by, by a drop kick, which was uh, pretty crazy. Uh, but uh, Axiom gets win number one. I would imagine Nathan Frazier is going to win win number two, and then we'll see what happens in the third. Um, that led us to the main event. I guess this was actually the NXT results. I misspoke a little bit. Uh, where Braun Breaker and Tyler Bate took on Gallus, which was Joe and Mark Coffey. Uh, this was good for people who don't know who Gallus are, me. Um, I, I know a little bit about Tyler Bate. Uh, I've learned a little bit about Gallus, uh, the three brothers. And uh, these, these two are good. I mean, all the people that came over from the UK is they're only going to strengthen the roster. Now, you're going to see a couple of your favorites, maybe not so much airtime, but... Um, this was really good, and Braun Breaker and Tyler Bate end up winning this one by pinfall with the Tyler Driver 97 from Bate. Not Tiger Driver, the Tyler Driver. In post-match, uh, J.D. McDonough comes out, kind of sticks his nose in it. But, um... Just a uh, overall good quality. Good quality matches. That's what NXT has is, is become known for, you know? I guess Worlds Collider actually get tonight. Yeah, that's... No, they happened. Did then they happen? Yeah, they did happen. There we go. Now we found them. Had the wrong link up. It happens. Um, in a match that was that was a lot better than people thought it would be. Uh, Carmelo Hayes ended up defeating Ricochet. They had built Ricochet up on a, on a lot, you know. Uh, but Carmelo Hayes retains and keeps his North American title, as should be. Ricochet will go back to SmackDown. But uh, this this was this was a good match. Carmelo Hayes needs matches like this to solidify how good he really is. And I feel like his match with Ricochet is, is one people are going to talk about for a while because 
it was so um, it was so fluid. It was uh, great. They really told a great story. And uh, congratulations, Carmelo Hayes, that keeps his title. Now to unify the NXT tag team uh, belts. You had Pretty Deadly, you had the Creed Brothers, you had Gallus, and you had Briggs and Jensen. It was brought to my attention the other day that I actually know... Let's see. thinks it's Brooks Jensen. I, I believe he uh, kind of cut his teeth in the wrestling business in the Atlanta area here, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I've seen him wrestle quite a bit, and he's, uh, he's quite good. But in the end, in between all the melee, I mean, you had Last Legend down there. You had Fallon Henley come down there. Um, and then you had Damon Kemp, who come down from Diamond Mine. You thought he was going to help the Creed Brothers. Instead, he laid them out. So it looks like Kemp is actually the one who is either going to split from Diamond Mine or be the one that breaks them up. But in the end, pretty deadly. Get their belts. They unify the UK and regular NXT tag belts. So now we only have a, one set. And uh, they are the champions going forward. Uh, Mandy Rose took on Mako Sadamura and Blair Davenport in order to combine both of those belts, the UK belt that Mako has and the NXT Women's Championship that she has. For three completely different styles that shouldn't normally mesh much, you know, I talked about Carmelo Hayes had the had a match with Ricochet that solidified and showed how good he really is and can be. This was Mandy Rose's defining moment. She ends up retaining and, and uh, gets both belts, uh, going against such a classic person as Mako. And Blair, with, with a lot of the innovative new style stuff she does, the, that European style, uh, they gave Mandy everything she can handle. And in the end, she ends up with the win. Uh, just an exceptional match. Just exceptional match. And I look forward to some of the ones coming up that are going to feature those three uh, amazing ladies. They, it's just fantastic. And they ended up keeping it right there because following that was Katana Chance and Caden Carter, otherwise known as KT Squared, as I call them, who took on Dewdrop and Nikki Ash for the NXT Women's Tag Team titles. After finally getting the titles, they haven't given them a lot of big moments, and this ended up being a pretty big moment, a good win. They end up retaining over Dewdrop and Nikki Ash as they should have. I believe they got the pin on Dewdrop as well, which was different, because normally it's Nikki who, who does that. Uh, and it, that was actually the sub-main event, I believe, the co-main. Because our main event, we have Braun Breaker versus Tyler Bate in order to combine the UK and NXT World Title. People who don't know who Tyler Bate is, I implore you to go watch this match. Um, he's going to be a guy who's going to be around for a while. And him and J.D. McDonough and some of the other guys that have come over, 
and uh, he is really, really freaking good. But on this day, not as good as Braun Breaker. He's going to retain. He's going to keep both belts, and that has combined all of the NXT and UK titles up until this moment. Which is what they were planning on, because there's going to be a WWE Europe or an NXT Europe or something. They're, they're rebranding, redoing everything, so they kind of cleared out the you know cleared out the divisions. They brought over who they wanted to bring over, and uh, they're kind of starting from scratch on some things over there. So I, I look forward to the things we're going to see from that. Uh, staying with the WWE, let's talk about Clash at the Castle over there in Cardiff. Uh, early on, you had Madcap Moss and the Street Profits who took on Austin Theory and the Alpha Academy. This was a, a short little warm-up match, kind of got everything going. Madcap and the Street Profits, of course, get the win. Uh, Damage Control, which is what they're calling themselves now, Bailey, Dakota Kai, and EO Sky. They won a six-woman tag match that was almost 20 minutes long, and it was it, there was no lack for action. These six women just brought it. They defeated Bianca Belair, the standing champ, and uh, Alexa Bliss and Oshka in that one. Uh, damage control, I, I would watch out for them. I, I see Bailey as Raw or SmackDown champion soon, and I see EO and Dakota as tag team champions. And kind of what Toxic Attraction does in NXT I look for damage control to do that on a different level uh, up in Raw SmackDown. Uh, this this next one, I, it just this blew me away. Uh, Sheamus, who come down with the brawling brutes of Rich Holland and Butch, took on Gunther with Imperium which is the ta the former tag team that they reunited for a day at least, Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci. So great to see those two back. They uh, were just, the, the three of them were, there was a fourth member of, of Imperium, but Imperium just took over NXT UK and made it their own. And this match between Gunther and Sheamus went almost 20 minutes. It was a classic. If you're not convinced Gunther is going to be a future world champion, you didn't see this match. Um, at no time did I did I know who was going to win. There were times when I thought Gunther, oh Gunther's going to do this easy, and then there was other times. Well, you know, Sheamus might do it right here. He's got the advantage. And this was such a back and forth, just physical, brutal match. Uh, good retention of the Intercontinental Title for Gunther. Up next, Liv Morgan defeated Shayna Baszler for the SmackDown Women's Championship. She retains her belt with that. Uh, Liv needs some, some good, solid wins like this because everybody thinks she's kind of a paper champion. Uh, they're keeping Ronda away from her for various reasons and stuff with Adam Pierce. It was uh, fantastic work, by the way. Um, but, I mean, Adam's a pro. Adam's beyond a pro. He's a legend. So... He knows what he's doing. But, uh, you know, Liv gets a, a solid win here. I hate that it's over Shayna, who is who is uh, should be a top contender. 
instead of uh, just cannon fodder sometimes. But uh, good match, good match, and and it's going to help building the legacy of uh, of Liv as SmackDown champion. Um, Edge Ray Edge and Ray Mysterio with Dominic defeated Finn Balor and Damian Priest with Rhea. Um, it's fine that that happened, but the weird thing was not really weird. Um, the aftermath of this is that Dominic attacked Edge and then attacked his dad, Ray. Something Ray has been against the entire time. Uh, and seems to join the Judgment Day. So, okay. It, it could help Dom. This could be the way for Ray to kind of slowly step back away from things and uh, learning from Finn Balor and Damian Priest and Rhea. It's only going to make Dominic better. And we get to see his dark side. Because so far we've only seen his peppy bright side. And, and you know, good for Dom. Do something different. Um, in a match that could be an instant classic, Seth freaking Rollins defeated Matt Riddle. Now that he gets his first name back. Uh, for all the build-up that come into this, I, I don't know that they're necessarily done with each other. But... Uh, Rollins needed the solid win at a pay-per-view because he seems to job out to a lot of people. And uh, Riddle could take the hit, but I, I feel like these two aren't done. These two aren't completely done yet. Uh, but it led us to the main event. Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre. Uh, something happened where basically Roman was on his own because the Usos missed the plane or I don't I'm still not exactly sure what happened but the Usos were not there I don't know if it was travel issues visa issues I honestly don't know there's so much speculation out there all I know is the Usos were not at Clash of the Castle to my knowledge and Drew McIntyre at one time had Roman defeated he had or a couple times he had him laid out Play more everything. He is done. And then a hooded figure appears and breaks up the pin. And who is the hooded figure? But cousin of Roman and the Usos. Uh... Gosh, what is his name? I just forgot his name. Ah, there it is. Solo Sokoa. Solo Sokoa. They're still going to call him that. As officially, looks like joined the bloodline. That makes them a dominant, dominant fashion, faction. Because now they are the new four horsemen, so to say. You've got the leader and world title contender up front in Roman Reigns. You've got the tag team, dominant tag team in the Usos, and now you have Solo Sokoa that is your intercontinental, you know, U.S. title and uh, just all-around muscle. He's the muscle guy now, and uh, that's going to be fun seeing him in that. Absolutely fun 
seeing him in that. But Clash of the Castle seemed to go really, really well for them. Seemed to go really well. And they need more events like this uh, across the world. I'm not saying they should do it all the time, but it's helped the UFC. It's helped Bellator. It's helped the PFL. Branching out outside the United States ever so often makes you a global brand. And it, and it lets your fans in other places get the opportunity to see a live event, which is just spectacular. No live event is like another. And uh, this, this definitely was that. Now, let's get to AEW, and let's talk about All Out. There were some things that happened at All Out. There were some things that happened afterwards, and we're going to get into those right now. Let's start with the results. Um, Sammy Guevara and Ty Mello defeated Ortiz and Ruby Soho for the AAA Mixed Tag Team Championship. Um, as I've told some other people, when you when you defend belts that aren't yours, when, when you're one company and you're showing a title defense of of uh, somebody else's belts, very rarely do you see a title change. You're just uh, you're doing it for the sake of the title defense to help the other company out because whoever has the belts isn't a regular to them. But uh, this was a decent match. I feel bad for Ruby Soho. She took a shot to the nose, to the face. It, rumor has it she may have, have uh, broken her nose, which could keep her out for a little bit, and she just has come back from a wrist injury, so uh, I hope not, but uh, I am not a fan of Sammy and, and Ty at all, so I didn't pay a lot of attention to this match. It was pretty short anyway. Uh, Hook made short work of Angelo Parker, which he should have. Then Angelo and Matt Menard uh, were uh, putting the boots to Hook when who jumps the guardrail and helps him out? Action Bronson. If you don't know who this snowball of a guy is, he is uh, he is one massive human being, and he went in and flung both Angelo and Matt uh, off of Hook and out of uh, the ring. And uh, if Hook and, and Bronson end up pairing up, that is a killer duo for sure. Uh, Pac defeated Kip Sabian for the All Atlantic Championship. Kip Sabian is very underrated. Uh, I love the, the suit and box on the head thing he's doing right now. I think it is spectacular. It is one of the newest and freshest ideas in wrestling. Uh, I kind of want him to keep doing it. I think you could do a lot. You, I mean, you could end up selling boxes. You could end up to be put on people's heads. You could end up uh, selling shirts with you wearing a box. I mean, just there's so much you could do with it. And he's already done some of the bait and switches where he was not under the box when people took them off. Fun stuff like that. But uh, Pac ends up winning and retaining his belt. But Kip Sabian, man, it is great to have him back. And uh, it's great to have his girl back as well because uh, the Penelope Ford deeply missed. They were some, uh, some OGs for sure. And it is good to have them back because they do have a place on the card. And it's an exciting one. Uh, Eddie Kingston defeated Tomohiro Ishii. These two, gosh, were going at it like uh, 
like uh, two uncles at a barbecue. This this was brutal. It was physical. And uh, in the end, Eddie Kingston wins, as he should have in this situation. And uh, Tomohiro Ishii will probably be back in New Japan uh, pretty soon. But uh, it's always good to see Tomohiro uh, on, on television. He is so good. But this was like 15 minutes of just beat the crap out of each other. Uh, they had the big casino ladder match, and there was a bunch of people in masks that come down and clear the ring of everybody. And then they slow, and uh, one particular person climbs up and grabs the poker chip. Well, here's the problem if you're not a registered person. If you're not a registered person in the match, you can't technically win. So this person could not win, but he knew that. Um, and that person unmasked, and he was Stokely Hathaway. The other guys unmask, and they are Stokely's recent additions to his group of Ethan Page, Lee Moriarty, Colton and Austin Gunn, and W. Morrissey. They cleared the ring, so no Claudio, no Wheeler, no Penta, no Phoenix, uh, Roosh, Andrade, and Dante Martin. Cleared them all out. And he's holding, Stokely Hathaway is holding the poker chip when a masked person and a devil mask, this is a uh, shout out to an old CM Punk promo back in ECW, I think, no, in Ring of Honor. Look it up, it's pretty cool. Um, uh, but he calls himself the Joker. And he comes down in a devil mask and he accepts the poker chip. He is the, the licensed person for the match. He accepts the poker chip, which ultimately wins him the match from Stokely. And then uh, poses a few times, never takes off the mask, and walks up the ramp and disappears. In looking at the mannerisms and in looking at the way, I, I had a pretty good guess. I had it down to two people and ended up being one of those two. And uh, we will get into it because uh, that person is going to play into the, the uh, later on of this card. Uh, we get the elite Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks uh, defeated Hangman Adam Page and the Dark Order, which was John Silver and Alex Reynolds. That was the tournament final for the inaugural. AEW World Trios Championships. From the time Kenny Omega came back to be in this tournament, or was even remembered to be back, I knew these were going to be the, the first Trios Champions. They are the people who helped spearhead the company. Them and Tony Khan are basically the people on the board. And I'm not saying they're full of politics, but no, you need to start with somebody super strong, somebody who's been a Trios Champion before, somebody who's done that style of, of uh, matches and things. And uh, the elite of uh, Omega and the Young Bucks are the number one people to do so. So congratulations to them. It makes the most sense for them to be the first champions. So uh, they definitely uh, are. And I, I look forward to seeing what they're going to do from here because Kenny's only getting better. And the Young Bucks are already one of the best on the planet. So uh, you're going to have to bring your A-plus game to take them on. Uh, Jade Cargill defeated Athena. Thanks to the help of uh, Layla Gray, Kira Hogan, it's uh, it's annoying. 
It's um, it's it's just annoying. Is what it is. Uh, Jade Cargo continues to win. She kind of did a She-Hulk thing. I I didn't particularly like it. Um. And uh, it just I don't know. It just like I said, I wasn't I wasn't a big fan of it. I mean, you know, it's it's good for Jade, whatever. They're kind of doing this Goldberg thing, which is annoying because she's way too green to do that. I'm not making fun of her She-Hulk look with that, but you got to build up somebody, and somebody's got to take this belt off of her, and you're going to have to deal with the rest of the... I'm not even going to repeat what they call themselves, but a Kira Hogan and crew, the baddies, I think is what they call it, but they, they end nicknamed themselves something else. But it's uh, it's just this was this match with Athena, who is a world class athlete, was four minutes and twenty seconds long. It's because Jade can't go any longer. She can't do these long matches. It really is the Goldberg thing where where uh, it's it's just it's over before it starts almost. It's just uh, kind of ridiculous. Uh, next up, Wardlow and FTR took on Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns. This was uh, a fantastic match. Wardlow and FTR do win the match, and then at the end, after all this, Sanjay comes in, and he's being a, a jerk, as he is so prone to do, and uh, they have him in a precarious situation, to which to which um, Dax Harwood gets his his uh, little girl, his little eight-year-old girl who's went through all the health issues lately come down, and she runs in, and Sanjay is on his knees and looking at her like, what are you doing? She snatches the pencil out of his ear, snaps the, snaps the pencil. He gets upset. Father Dax Harwood smashes him with, a, with an overhand right, and uh, his little girl actually gets the pinfall. The referee gets back in and makes the pinfall there. And uh, such a cool moment. It was way better than the match. The match was okay. It was good. I mean, those are six people who know how to work. But uh, that was what the moment led to, and it was spectacular. Um, up next, Powerhouse Hobbs actually defeated Ricky Starks. I, I was pretty surprised by this. Another personal to, to Hobbs, but uh, Starks is the one I thought was going to skyrocket to the top. But uh, maybe Hobbs knew the victory. and. Uh, he did some pretty good stuff there. But uh, we'll see what goes on with that. But I feel like that feud's not completely over yet. But Hobbs is a big, powerful guy. Maybe he'll, he'll uh, maybe he's under the tutelage of Mark Henry or something who, who uh, could definitely help his career. And uh, we'll see what Ricky Starks does, too, because uh, he took a little step back there. Uh, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland defeat the acclaimed, who weren't ready for this shot, but hey, they got one, which is which is better than I thought. This match was over 20 minutes long. It was fantastic. It showcased what Anthony Bowens and Matt Cast Max Caster can do. And Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland are world-class athletes, very good wrestlers. So to be in a 20-minute match with them like that, the acclaimed definitely 
move themselves up into a different tier in AEW, even though they got the loss. Uh, they, they showed people they're not just uh, just fly-by-night rappers. Then we got the in-room Women's World Championship, uh, where Tony Storm ends up with the pinfall here over Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, and Carl Sheeta. Uh, it makes the most sense for her to win that because that gives us our rematch or our match that uh, we didn't get a chance to see because Thunder Rosa got hurt. So now when Thunder Rosa comes back, we will get to see Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm. And uh, then we'll go from there. I really felt like Sheeta and Jamie Hayter had really, really good moments in this match. Britt always has solid stuff, and so does Tony Storm. But I felt like uh, Jamie and her car really, really showcased what they can do. And I would actually like to see them in a small mini feud right now. Uh, I, f I feel like it would help both women and uh, get themselves away from a title picture for a minute because it's, it's getting a little jumbled up. You need to kind of clear the deck a little bit again. Um, Christian Cage defeated Jungle Boy with the help of Luchasaurus, who has flipped again. Um, this this was a 20-second match because Luchasaurus uh, attacked Jungle Boy early and pretty much laid him out, and Christian Cage got the easy win. It, I, I don't know where they're going with this. I know they're trying to build Jungle Boy, but I, I don't know. Does that mean Luchasaurus will be on his team this week and then be against him next week? It just, it's, it's all over the board. It's a mess, and it probably just needs to end. Uh, Chris Jericho with the win over Brian Danielson. Really, really good match. Um, Danielson got the most out of Chris Jericho, who was pushed the entire time by Danielson's pace that is just relentless. It is unreal how much Brian Danielson can push the pace of a match with uh, all the, uh, the the holds and everything that he does. And it's it's uh, the speed and the, the athleticism. Uh, but Jericho gets the win in that one. Uh, that moved us to the co-main event. Interesting placement on this. Because this one, this one had some, some baggage too. Darby Allen, Sting, and Miro, they get the win over the House of Black, which is Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews with Julia Hart. Uh, this was this match was was uh, crazy and chaotic. It was very good. These are six ridiculous performers, uh, and even having Julia down there was was a great touch. She's really coming along well. Um, here was the weird thing: there is a rumor that Malachi. Is potentially done with AEW, which kind of leaves Brody and Buddy in a weird spot, um, unless Bray Wyatt's coming in. I just don't that out there. But the ending of this match had Malachi actually get missed, spit in his face by Sting, and then he was rolled up by Darby Allen. Um, which means Miro, who has been his nemesis during this whole storyline, was actually halfway up the ramp when this happened. It's uh, and unless Malachi really is done and he wanted to call his own finish or call the ending, and he called that one that that doesn't involve Miro. It just it was weird because it, it leaves unfinished business between them, especially if if Malachi is leaving. So uh, 
you know, good on Darby, Sting, and Miro with the win, but where does Miro go from here, and where do does the House of Black? I, I think they are going to need a new leader, and we saw what that did to Dark Order. It put them in a weird spot for almost a year. So um, I feel like they're either bringing somebody in, or they are going to do something different with this group. And then lastly, in a 20, almost 20-minute, 20 just classic, CM Punk defeats John Moxley to unify the end room and world championship belts. He is the new world champion again. Um, here's where this baggage starts. After he beats Moxley in a 20-minute match, Moxley, you know, leaves on leaves to whatever. Then we get a guy from the back, and, and it's it's the Joker with with his double mask, and we see him in the back. His his back is turned to everybody. As he goes to take the mask off, a scarf is thrown over his shoulders, and out comes Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Yep, MJF is back. Turns out he's the Joker. And he had a lot to say. None of it on the microphone, but they, him and CM Punk were very much going back and forth. I look forward to that match greatly. And what a fantastic twist, whether he's got a new contract or not. MJF is back. He is instantly the number one contender against CM Punk. This is going to be an epic showdown. Epic showdown. Now, by far, of, of the three major events, uh, All Out was the best. We know that. You guys know that. Um, so let me address this real quick, and then we will quickly get into uh, the last of the wrestling. Um, so afterwards, at a press conference, CM Punk and Tony Khan, um, I only saw this clip. Somebody asked CM Punk about some guy. And he said, it's really ridiculous that I have to spend my time still talking about this because you guys won't stop talking about it. Basically, there was some guy years ago that was a buddy of CM Punk, and CM Punk helped pay his bills and uh, try to really help him get ahead in the wrestling business and things like that, and ended up backfiring and uh, uh, royally screwing CM Punk. And uh, so he wanted nothing to do with it. This ended up going to court. And then it got thrown out of court because uh, it, there's so much baggage and all this. And so CM Punk just basically let everybody at the press conference have it for even bringing this stuff up again. And Tony Khan said, yeah, that's that's on him that, that he hasn't commented further on it, that, that this is just done with. And, and they kind of – he seemed to support CM in this. And then somehow after this press conference, CM Punk gets into it with the Young Bucks. I don't know if the Young Bucks know this guy or what. But apparently they might have even thrown a few punches at each other, got into some fisticuffs in the back because of this whole incident. And we'll have to see what tomorrow night's AEW looks like because this is crazy. This is crazy. What in the world? The brand new champ who just comes back and unifies the belts after a big injury took away his first reign. And then here's this. You're like, what is this? This is just crazy. So we'll see the aftermath of that. They're going to work it out. Nobody's getting suspended or anything like that. You don't suspend your brand new champion. 
things like that. Um, just, I, it's just bizarre. Just absolutely bizarre. Uh, but to finish up, the uh, the uh, other wrestling throughout the the week. Let's go to Impact Wrestling, where we have brand new tag team champions as Matt Taven and Mike Bennett have defeat or defeated the Good Brothers for the Impact. World Tag Team Championships. Um, I had heard the Good Brothers were considering going back to Japan for a while anyway, because technically I don't think they're signed to Impact Wrestling. They are signed to New Japan as part of the open door uh, policy there and everything. But uh, good for Taven and Bennett. They're a fantastic tag team. And with Maria, uh, they are going to do more with the tag belts than the Good Brothers did. And uh, I like it. I like it a lot. Also, you had Kenny King, who took on Speedball Mike Bailey for the Exhibition Championship. Of course, Mike Bailey ends up with the win with this, but Kenny King, man, underrated performer. He put Mike Bailey through the paces and made him earn that retention, and uh, good on him for that. Kenny King, local product, by the way, out of Atlanta. Um... Nikki James come out and talked. She's going to come back at some point. Maybe she just wants to take a break, so she did. Uh, she also does NWA stuff, guys. So, you know, she probably did some other stuff. Um, Alex Zane took on Moscara Dorada. If you, uh, he used to be part of Lucha House Party in the WWE. And uh, Dorada ends up with the win in this one. It was really good. Alex Zane's a good wrestler. Um... And what surprised me a lot, Masha Slamovich beat Deanna Perrazzo pretty handily. And uh, Jordan Grace come out to get in her face, and Jordan Grace actually gave Masha Slamovich a picture with herself uh, red inked out as though she is next on Jordan's list as opposed to vice versa. But uh, I love it. They have built Masha over this time and taking out some top contenders and um, between her and Killer Kelly, the Impact Women's Division, the Knockouts Division as they call it, is super stacked and the new blood in it, the fresh blood in it is very, very good and they've built them well. I like it. Uh, new Japan, we got to see Juice Robinson, otherwise known as Mr. Tony Storm for everybody who doesn't know. Juice Robinson, also one of the last people to be handpicked and mentored by the American Dream Dusty Rhodes before his passing. Uh, Juice was actually in NXT for a while before getting let go. He went to New Japan and traveled the world and has made a giant name for himself. Uh, but he took on El Fantasmo. Kind of weird the way this worked out for the G1 because they are both members of the Bullet Club. They both get along. You know, there's no feud, no nothing there, but these two Really, really hashed it out, and uh, ultimately Juice ends up with the win there, and uh, just really great match. El Fantasmo is very underrated. Uh, definitely check out his work next time you see him, but uh, good for Juice. He gets the win. Then we got Kazuchika Okada versus Jonah. Surprise, surprise again. J 
Shona ends up with the win over Okada. Just a uh, brutal match. The two of them just flipped and slammed each other for like 15 minutes. And ultimately, Jonah ends up with the big splash off the top. And he defeats Okada. That's big. That's big. And I think that was it for the week. That is actually it for the week. So, that's another great edition of Strong Style. As always, remember all the ways you can find us and leave a question, comment, suggestion on the show. We appreciate all the feedback and the five-star reviews and also the uh, emails. Uh, like I said, we uh, hopefully you guys got all the replies back on that. And... Uh, I guess that's all I have. So I will see you guys next week. Make sure to go watch wrestling. Go watch fighting. And remember, deuces, gooses.